Welcome to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where we help the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, His family, and His mission. This is David McCumber with my good, good friend, Bill Lackey. Here he is. Now, see, we're going to do today's episode 19. Is it 19? 18. Episode, 18. Episode 18. Last week was 17. Today's 18. And we talked about the Psalms. Psalms with David. Today, yeah, David Breton, salty, to, salty Palmer. Today we are doing section two, level two, chapter two, Part. the final saga of ten years of Revolve. The final saga. So yeah. what are we? What are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about part two, David. You know where we left off. Basically, uh, we ended episode sixteen talking about prayer, the importance of prayer, and we gave some prayer, um, I guess, your know, prayer requests or prayer lists that we started with when we started planning ten years ago. And today we're going to talk about. I mean, we're going to talk about how they came to fruition. Man. They were answered. That's good. So if you missed episode sixteen, you may want to hit pause and go back because it's you're gonna. You're going to hear these answered prayers, and you're, mm-hmm. you were like, I didn't hear them listed. Yeah, you're going to be so confused. So confused. So today we're switching things up a little bit with a question of the Switcheroo. day. Switcheroo. We're going to do a question of the day, but it wasn't like a gotcha. That's what we would usually do. Yeah. Usually it's like, gotcha, and then the first thing that comes to my mind, we answer it. We actually kind of mutually came up with this question. Mm-hmm. Because it was actually a talking point that we couldn't figure out where else to put it within the podcast. We wanted to talk about it so badly. Bill, what are some of the crazy, just like silly, funny, weird stories that have happened? Let's just do like quick, quick little funny things that have happened over the last 10 years of Revolve. Okay. Um a lot of them I can't a lot of them I can't say I know that is tough because you want to be you know you want to be sensitive yeah but I do have a couple I can share why don't you go first I'll go first okay Bill and I's first night in Indonesia together now we had been friends for a little bit what was our first night because we were at the second village (sighs) this was the house where they kept the lights on yes but why are you interrupting my story that's what I do okay but what I'm saying is, is this was this was very early in our friendship, very early in our relationship. Muy pronto. Yes. What does that mean? Go faster? I don't know. I'm taking too long? Whatever. I was painting a story. Regardless, Bill and I are laying next to one another, and we're becoming closer friends. And I open up to Bill a story about my a friend of mine who passed away, similar mm-hmm. to, to your story. How I ended uh, episode 16. Mm-hmm. And I share with him that and, and my experience of being in the ministry and, and how all that was affected by the death of my friend and us moving to New Jersey. And then, you know, all of this stuff, 15 years of my life, I'm pouring out to bill and there's absolutely no response. And I look over and he is sound asleep and I woke him up angrily it's a hundred degrees it's so hot and miserable and i wake him up and i said i just poured out my deepest life stories to you right now what's the last thing you remember and you're like well in 10th grade you did i was like you that was 20 years of my life you missed Uh, and you fell asleep and it was so hot 
It was so hot. Just was like being in a baby's blanket. So that was pre- that was a pretty funny story. That was like early in our relationship I where I got mad to, at you. And I asked him to tell me again, and he refused. He still uh-huh. hasn't told me. Yep. So. Ten years later, five years later. All right. What about you? Well, when I first met David, and we started to uh, befriend each other, I invited are these him stories to... about you and I, or stories about the church? Well, I want to tell this one. Okay. And I'm going to tell a church story too. Okay. Um, I brought him to Honduras with me. And uh, he had an itchy ear. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> so he kept trying to itch it with his car keys. Yeah, it was a really long key, too. And it was just super itchy, so he kept pushing harder and harder until he punctured his eardrum. And Which then, is one of the things in Honduras you don't want to do. That's right. And it was, stuff was coming out of it, and he just... And you say, oh, poor David. But what you need to realize is this. I feel like this has happened like five times in the last 10 years where it's like we're on a mission trip and we're in the airplane and everybody's swallowing and chewing gum, trying to get their ears to pop. And David's over there with a switchblade trying to clean out his ear. Anyway, that's a little David story for you. So I think for me, one of the weirdest stories, crazy is when Jesus came to revolve. Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> well, n- not as you know him, but there was one day when there was a man who came in, and he'd been there before. I don't want to say his real name, but he came in and he said, "I'm mad at your wife," and I was like, "All right, what's going on?" And he said, I told her who I am. And she didn't believe me. I was like, okay. And he's like, I am Jehovah Christ. I am Jehovah Christ. I am Jehovah Christ. I've come to save you. I am Jehovah Christ. And I said, you know Christ isn't his last name, right? (laughs) Like, can you look him up in the phone book? (laughs) And I said, I said, stop talking. And I then basically rebuked him in the name of Jesus. And um, I told him if he was going to come back, he can't claim to be Jesus because there's one Jesus and that uh, he needs to not threaten my wife. And then Mikey White Shoes came over and he was like, oh, man, so was uh, something happened over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Mikey, Mikey laid into him, too. Yeah. And uh, he was he had some screws loose. Yeah. But I'll never forget the time that Jehovah Christ visited our church. Yeah. I'm thinking now, now I'm thinking of Mikey stories. I remember being up in Kensington with Mikey and I'd never gone with before. And, you know, we have something at Revolve that, you know, Bill and Gina have established this. This is a Revolve history thing. You want to do things with excellence. Yeah, well, you know we're not good enoughish. Good we're not enough-ish. we're not striving for professionalism, but we want to do things well. We want to take care of our staff well. We want to take care of, um, you know, uh, curriculum and the kids. We want to do everything well. We don't want it to be hokey or cheesy, right? And we go up to Kensington with Mikey and Bill and Scott or uh, Scotty and I go up, and Mikey's like an hour late. Yeah. Scotty and I are just wandering around Kensington going, what the heck are we supposed to be doing? So Mikey shows up. He's got all these blankets. There's homeless people everywhere. I just start handing out blankets. 
No one told me what to do. No one you told know? you. And Mikey comes over and he goes, yo, stop handing out those blankets. You don't get a blanket till you hear about Jesus. Till you hear about Jesus, those are my blankets. Yeah. And then I stopped handing out blankets until Mikey that, started preaching. How great would it have been, though, if that rhymed instead? Yeah, like a rap. Yeah. I'm trying to think what he could have said. You don't get a quilt until you hear about this cornerstone that being built. Yeah. Something like that. So, well, that was our, we, we, you know, we were just trying to share some silly stories. Yeah, it was pretty silly. There was uh, things that have been lost overseas. Oh, that things was another that have been lost. What are some things that have been lost overseas? Uh, Scotty lost his passport. In Greece. Yes, he did. Ricky lost his wallet. In, in Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia. Yep. I almost lost um, a congregant on a mission trip to Honduras. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wandered right. We were like trying to get a connecting flight and he wandered away. He just went away. And we couldn't find him. Yep. Yep. I lost my patience oh, one time. Yeah. I got another one. I, you, I got another one that you're going to forget. Here, you tell that one first. Well, the one about the gummy bears? Yeah, you tell about losing your patience. Well, I had been, we had been overseas for, for two months, two weeks, and just it's hot and that the food is. I was just, my, I needed a break. On my and I was tired, and I just wanted some gummy bears for the ride home. That's it. And another team member, it was Ricky. We'll just say it. It was Ricky. Was like, why'd you spend fifteen dollars on gummy bears in the airport? And I said, don't you tell me how to spend my money on my gummy bears. When and you, I, when you lost your wallet, and I gave you money the whole trip. Yeah, and man, I just I really lost it on them, and it was just over gummy bears. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I apologize. You I did. apologize to the whole team because you know you don't want to you don't want to end the trip on a sour note. Yeah, with some sour gummies. No, they weren't even sour gummies. They you got another story about me? Sweet German gummy bears. This should be the last story, and we should get going. If I had um, if I had my pet bear, I could, <laughs> I could name him Gummy. It could be my gummy bear. Do you have one more story? Yes. So I want to tell you guys about the time when David lost his innocence. We are in Honduras. And there was a, we were, we got put with this lady who was not on our team, but she got like shoved on our team. I forgot about and this. And it was like the last yeah. day. And Honduras. We were, we were swimming in this waterfall and, uh. We'd been know, digging wells for two weeks. Been digging wells, bro. Just yep. digging wells. And we were yep. hot and, and, uh, we had our shirts off cause we were swimming and this lady just kept taking David's picture. Yeah. Do you want to tell the rest of the story? Well, I was laying on a rock. I had just finished swimming, and it was like me, you, Jason, Breton. Like a mermaid. We're just like a mermaid. We're splashing around, and there was some other people from another church that had been kind of linked with us because right. we were a small trip. Mm -hmm. And this lady starts, I'm laying on the rock, and she starts taking my picture. Like a merman. Yeah. And I was like... This She's is, like, is that King Triton? This is weird. And um, later on, we were on the bus, and we were going to dinner or going to the airport and she like pulls me aside and says i took some pictures of you earlier when you were on the rock and i said yeah i, I saw that she goes i just want to let you know i'm not going to post those ones on social media and i was thinking in my head well where the heck what do you what is your purpose what is your plan with these no, i think you asked her and she said those are for me oh my gosh i blocked that out of my mind <laughs> things that have been lost on revolve trips might lose my mind one day 
this is this is uh this is ministry it's crazy it's crazy, crazy out there all right billy let's get started with the with the segments today um I'm ready. So, so last week we ended, or the last um, episode, we ended with some prayer requests. So why don't you share some answers to prayers? Sure thing, David. So, um, I mean, some of you guys are, if you were at the service on our 10th anniversary on June 5th, you heard some of these stories, but, you know. Um, They're worth retelling. They are worth retelling, yeah. So one time we were having a prayer meeting at the Teco's house, and we were praying for sound equipment because we had no sound equipment. And um, while we were praying, the phone rang, and someone was like, hey, you guys want some sound equipment? And they gave it to us. That's wild. That was pretty crazy. Um, the shout out to Cape May Courthouse, First United Methodist Church. That was, uh, you know, and the quartet that used to sing there, they gave us sound equipment. Um, also, we got accepted to Acts 29, and it was a couple hundred dollars, like for the hotel and the flight. And a family who still goes to Revolve today, but didn't go to Revolve at the time, but they knew who we were. Um, they they paid for our flight and our travel expenses. That was really nice of them. Unprovoked. They just felt led to do it. Um, another time we had to pay for our incorporation expenses with LegalZoom because we didn't have any contacts who could set that up for us. And it was like 700 bucks. And out of the blue, somebody contacted us and they were like, Hey, I want to give you guys seven hundred dollars. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's totally when it's like when it's only like it's an exact number, and, and I don't that can I feel like that could fall into like paganism when you start looking for symbolism and stuff. No, but, but I mean it was definitely provision. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, also, uh, another answer to prayer because we were trying to figure out what to do is we had like three or four people who had like influence in our life, like the guy who. Um, I knew from college who I used to go street evangelizing with and pastor of our church, um, back at college and things like that. And when people found out that we were thinking about church planning, they all were like, Oh, this is a good fit for bill. This is, I feel like this is a better, I could, like one guy said, I can picture you doing this more than like living in a village for 20 years. That's great. So that was a big answer to prayer. Um, another answer to prayer. We used my van, um, you know, our old Toyota Sienna to cart sound equipment back and forth. But we had to bring chairs with us once we transitioned to the dance studio, I think, or something like that. Anyway, we um, we had to bring chairs and they like, couldn't fit in my van. And we started praying that God would provide a trailer. And, um, and uh, we had a guy named Jim who hooked us up. He actually talked with the city of Cape May and the city of Cape May donated an old landscaping trailer to us. I came home one day and the title was signed and it was inside the trailer and the trailer was parked in front of my house. Boom. And um, that was a big answer to prayer. And that same guy, he let us borrow his pickup truck every Sunday so we could tow the trailer. Because apparently you can't tow a trailer with a Toyota Sienna. You can't? I guess you could, but no. then you'd be like a Baby. little redneck. Baby van. Um, and also we had three free places. We prayed God, please provide our first three locations, Green Creek Fire Hall, Shalimar Motel, and uh, Mike Wilson's dance studio, which used to be over by Breakwater um, 10 years ago. All three of those places let us met for free. And you know what the irony is of all those places? None of the people actually went to Revolve. Yeah. It was just like random people who were like, yeah, you can be here. That's cool. Yeah. That's really neat. And so I feel like God answered so many prayers over the years. And then that doesn't even begin to talk about all the other stuff, like the fact that he provided us a clear break and a healthy break from our previous church where like we left on good terms and they even, some people even supported us. Like I said, 
Um, God really gave us unity early on. And I feel like by and large, we've been pretty unified our entire tenure. Um, we didn't know what to do, but God just brought us to the right people, the right encouragement, the right books, the right opportunities. He provided a great worship team, more than one worship team. Um, yeah, I just feel like God has answered so many prayers over the years. That's awesome. It's really cool to see. I mean, to, to list when, when you were listing those off um, at the on, on the uh, celebration service, I was really humbled by how awesome God is and how He's been taking care. Because I wasn't, I I, I didn't start coming to the church till two or three years in, so I, I I didn't really know all of those details. So that was exciting. Yeah. So tell me, what was your first official Sunday church service? Was that at Green Creek Fire Hall? Our first official service that, like, we called it a service. Like you had greeters and you had. Right. I mean, I sweet know. worship music. Yeah, that was different. So that I guess would probably be like a year later. But um, our first service that we actually said, like, hey, let's have a church service okay. instead of an info session, where we were going to actually worship and study the word and those kinds of things, um, was at Green Creek. And what was it like? Let's see here. So our first service at Green Creek, what was it like? Um, well, it was mobile and we went in and it's this enormous room with this, um, like firefighter mural on the wall. Nice. Yeah. Like rescuing a kid out of a burning building and this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, we I feel like there's like, a sermon illustration in there. You I'm could sure have been there like, is. See this fireman? Kind of just like Jesus. Jesus makes you fireproof. Yeah. So, um. We wanted to buy pipe and drape um, so we could, like, keep the kids separate, even though we didn't have any kids at the time. Gina was nine months pregnant. Um, but the funny thing is that um, pipe and drape is really expensive, so we could only afford eight feet of it. And so it really was, like, separated the entrance from the rest of the room. Okay. And uh, Did you have, like, a nursery? Is that what... I mean, mean, it was kids? basically, like, I want you to picture a rectangle, picture a piece of eight-foot wide pipe and drape like in the first third of it and then we put like some blocks down next to it it's like there's a nursery bro there it is. and uh and we had our worship team it was me and jason and Breton and eventually kyle and uh we had maybe kyle when kyle started coming they were our first kids i guess and uh yeah and that was it i think there was like 12 or 16 people and then four of them left the church. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. But early on, yeah, it was just a couple of us, one Coast Guard family. I don't even know how they found out about us. Found our website or something like that. I forget their name. Wendy was her name. And uh, yeah, those were the days. Those were the days. So I actually visited once at yeah. the Green Creek Church. Did you get, did you get, a, did you get like a... An you know, attaboy from the greeting? I mean, we didn't have a greeting team. Well, Gina greeted me. Gina is, was She was like, team. a person. Yeah. A new person. Man, Gina. I was like, I go. put up with so much of my garbage. I was like, I, I go to another church, but uh, I'm just, just stopping by to visit. Cause my, actually, because my sister and Jason were coming. And like, I was like, I got to make sure you guys aren't a bunch of weirdos. Even though you. Yeah, that's right. Because this was pre-Honduras. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, all I all I remember, besides Gina being very polite and excited for me to be there. And pregnant. Well, I don't remember that because I don't look at 
sizes of people. Okay, go on. Um, is I remember Jason and Bretton and you playing God's Not Dead, Surely Alive. It's roaring like a lion. And you guys played that for like 12 minutes. Wow. And I was just like, when are they landing this ship? Oh, that's this airplane. God's not dead. He's surely alive. And you just kept repeating the chorus. And I think you just, you only, that was like the only song you guys knew, maybe. So you just played it. it. Well, we needed a worship leader. And (laughs) Um, you see what I got to put up with, guys? And you're like, man, I don't know why Bill's so mean to David. Well, so then, okay. So then I kind of got to know you a little bit. And Jason and my sister were coming here. They were one of the founding members. Yeah. Yeah. And you invited me because Jeff Lindsay wasn't able to go to, um, to Honduras. He yeah, had to drop out. So we last had an minute. extra spot and I jumped on and that's where we got to really know each other a lot more. Do you ever pay him back for that? Or did you just take his spot? Uh, Jeff makes more money than I do. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to throw it out there, but he is a <laughs> lawyer and I'm a, what am I? I don't even know what I am. Podcaster. Influencer. Yeah. So, thank you, Jeff. I'm sorry if I never paid you back. I'm just joking with you, but you might want to check in with them. See if we're cool. Yeah. Hey, you want a funny story with David and Jeff? Yeah, you can tell it. I don't remember all the details, but I know that they went to detention once because I think David stabbed Jeff with a pencil or something. Well, he shouldn't have been talking back to me in math class. I think, I don't remember. We were in, We were in high school, like maybe 10th grade. I think Jeff hit me with the pencil, and then I took the pencil and stabbed him in the hand. Oh, my gosh. You're so it. violent. Well. I, don't. Jeff's really tall. I don't think I would stab Jeff with anything. Well, that's why I had to stab him. I had to, I had to slow him down. Because you knew, you knew it was a straight-up fist fight. I'd lose. I'd lose, but so if you stab him first. Yeah. Take out good. the biggest guy in the room. That's good. That's good. That yeah. was my philosophy. That makes sense. I remember, I think we started in the book of James. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So we went to Honduras and I remember, so, cause I had done a lot, not a lot, but I'd probably done five or six short-term mission strips okay. in the past, um, before coming to Revolve. And really I had a heart for overseas missions, but never really just never felt, maybe I just liked traveling. That yeah. might've been what it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember in our conversation in Honduras, we started, you and I both were like, this, they're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Something feels off by going and just digging a well. And then leaving. And leaving. And it's like, I don't think, and we, and then you and I read um, Toxic Charity. Yeah. Toxic. I remember that book. And we read that together and it was, it just talked about how. It's the first book club. It was the first book club. <laughs> but we, we talked about how, um, you know, things like, you know, Look, digging a well is important and it's good. Mm-hmm. But most of the time there are people in that country that can dig a well. And yeah. we probably should just give them money and let them do it so they have a job. It's just tourism. Yeah. And, um, you know, so we really, I think that started laying some of the groundwork of we want to work overseas, but we want to share the gospel. And, and what does that strategic. look like? Yeah. 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 Strategic with our time. So I think that was where we really, you and I started to kind of talk more about what it looks like to strategically do missions overseas. Yeah, that's good. Yep. That's, that's a good memory. Good memory, dude. I have a great memory. I always have to, at the end of every trip, I have to remind Bill what we do. It's true. I always go, what do we do, David? What did we do? All right. So 
You talked about some answered prayers. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really stood out to me that you shared on Sunday was signing the lease mm-hmm. for the North Cape May building and not having enough money. That sounds almost foolish. Well, I'm a fool. And the fool for Jesus. Fool for Jesus. Yes. What's up? Yeah, so um, we did. We signed that lease knowing we couldn't afford it, but we figured, you know, we got a little bit saved, and so we'll make it work, and hopefully God will bless us. And um, then the next day, Joby called, and he was like, hey, I'm a mega church pastor. You made me a knife once. This is a true story. He's like, you made me a knife once. Have and you been telling false stories the whole time? No, but did I ever tell you that I made him a knife? So I made no. Joby this knife when my sister-in-law went to his church. And I gave it to him, and he was like, Joby's like a real man's man. Like, he used to be a bodybuilder. He, like, hunts. Like you and I. No. It's basically you and I. No, Joby's like, got deep voice from Georgia. You know what I mean? I have, that a, kind I have of a deep voice. And, um, and I remember he was like, I shot this hog. What's and his I, beard game like? He's got a good beard. Look him up. And um, and he's like, and I went to grab my Gerber Gator, and it was all dull. And there, and everybody was like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I got this knife in my truck that some guy gave me. And he's like, and I went back and grabbed it, and he's like, and I took it, and it just looked like it was going to break in half. It was a, like a Mora blade with like a handle on it. And he's like, and then I... I took it out and it was like a lightsaber going through that hog. <laughs> and that was the, the knife you made for him. It was my knife. I, made oh, I for love him. that story. That's and a then, great story, Billy. And that's how he remembered who I was. Because I'm just a little guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he's well, like, we're going to give you 24 grand a year. And I was like, I'll make you all the knives you want, bro. That's yeah. really cool. Yep. Is all that true? All of it's true. Yep. So you signed the lease praying god please provide and and you you had enough to s- sustain for three or four months yeah i think we had like three months yeah so it wasn't you weren't just being like an idiot naming it and claiming it or no, something no, no, no. yeah so um is it okay if i share a little story you can do whatever you want you know what i wasn't again i wasn't a part of that part of the church but that is still happening um today where when we went to greece you, Scotty and I went and we were like, God is moving here. We should be a part of this. Yeah. And we had planned as elders to go and, and see the next steps. And myself and my family decided we want to go and see what was going on in Greece. And we actually said, we're going to sell our sailboat and the money we get from our sailboat will buy our tickets to go and visit Greece to see what God is doing there. So Melissa could see with the boys and we decided, you know what? We're not going to wait till we sell the sailboat. We're just going to buy the tickets. And the next day the sailboat sold. Hmm. And it was another one of those, like we took the step and God provided after we took the step. And then two or three days later, we were contacted by a family in the church to give us money to, to go and, and do ministry there for a year or two. So we didn't have to waste time fundraising. Soldier, soldier bow for no reason. No, I'm just joking. No. Um, no, it's awesome. It goes to show you that when we, I'm sorry, I'm talking to the mic. It goes to show you that when you, no, you should apologize for belittling my story about my sailboat. I'm not belittling it. I just know <laughs> that Melissa always wants, she wants that boat and you sold it. Yeah. Um, 
No, I just feel like it goes to show you when you step out in faith, it's like you're never going to know if God's going to work if you don't step out in faith. And I think about even like we almost didn't go to Greece. Like I, for the first time, I remember when Matt Pascal called uh, called me up and he was like, hey, why don't you come to Greece with me? And I was like, bro, like what's in Greece? Gyros? Falafel? Yeah. And uh, fancy hats. And I couldn't, I couldn't make up my mind whether I wanted to go or night. I was kind of flaffling around. And, uh, and then I said to David, I said to Matt, I said, can I bring like a friend or two? He's like, you can bring two people. And I knew I had traveled. And he said, but they have to be experienced travelers. And I had already traveled a lot with David and Scotty. So I asked, I asked them and, and Scotty was like, well, I don't know because I got to get off, you know, and because of his job. And David was like, I don't know. He's like, does Greece even have good food? That's, you know? that's not <laughs> the reason I choose. Do you remember what it was? Was it because it was the summer? No, I think it was just, I just was like, why are we going to Greece? I don't, I don't, there wasn't, it just didn't seem like there was a reason for us to go. Just, yeah. And so, uh, and I, I actually prayed and fasted no. about it. But yeah, first I said you no. said no. And so I, said, I no. said no too at first. Yeah. And then I prayed and I fasted about it for 40 days. And I think it was like, you know, 20 or 30 days into it, I felt like God was really, uh, was yeah. saying you need to go. And we had no idea why. I don't know. The whole time we were like, I don't understand why until we got there. And then we were like, oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. So, so it goes to show you that when you step out in faith, that's when God moves. And so it's, it makes sense to ask yourself, you know, when was the last time I actually stepped out in faith? Yeah. Well, while you're thinking about that, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some lessons learned and some, uh, some next steps moving forward. So we're going to take a little, take a quick break. Come right back. Take a quick break. All right. Well, welcome back. Let's talk about Billy. What are some lessons that we have learned over the last 10 years? It's a loaded question. What do you mean? It's a loaded question. I'm it's hoping a lot that of lessons. Maybe I learned nothing. Well, then you're not doing it right, Billy. Um, you know what the Bible says? Penny saved, penny earned. <laughs> Is that what it says? So let's see. Lessons learned. I would say this was actually posed to me by someone, Mr. Ryan. Ryan Pittman came up with this question. question and yep. I was like, why are I such a hard question? What did God teach you? I think if if I was going to... Which is funny because this is like your main discipleship question that you it's ask a hard everybody. question though. You, you were the one that taught us all to ask this question and now we're asking you and you're like, it's too hard. Uh, Can't whatever. answer it, Ryan. I think that that what I've learned the most is that God honors prayers that make less of us and more of him. And, um, just praying about that mostly like, um, I, I know that David will tell you that Gene and I for years have prayed God expand our impact without expanding our name. Like that we don't want people to talk about us. We want to be impactful for Jesus. We want people to talk about Jesus. And I think that idea of just like really praying for God to be glorified as opposed to praying for things that make me glorified. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and just how God, God, God knows, loves those kinds of prayers. And God knows us. Yeah. Because if this podcast blew up and it was like, we'd become, we'd be, we'd be such dingus. Sorry. Uh, well, I'm already a dingus. <laughs> That's why when I read these stories where it's like this famous pastor like did something stupid and now everybody hates him. And I always go to Gina. I'm like, it's a good thing I'm not famous because I do stupid stuff all the time. When I leave the house, I think, would an idiot do this? And And the answer is yes. I don't do that thing. I do not do it. What else? Any other lessons? Oh yeah. Lots of lessons. Um, I think for me during the pandemic, Mm. it was like a real appreciation for the body of Christ. Yeah. And I also think that, I think I might've said this a couple weeks ago. I don't remember. Um, but I feel like I didn't really appreciate the local church until I was a pastor. I think when I was just going to church, it was like, well, you go to church on Sundays mm-hmm. and you go and you sit there, you get a sermon, hopefully it's good. You leave. But like, I didn't appreciate the body of Christ, like crave the body of Christ. Like church was something you do. It wasn't, it was, it didn't really have like deep significance to my soul. Yeah. I think the pandemic helped that for me as well. I remember feeling like I understood the theologically, why theologically yeah. why you, you stay connected to a church and you, you know, go to church. But I, until we had the pandemic and we, we had, was it six weeks? Maybe we couldn't meet in person. I think it was six or eight weeks and uh, maybe 12. I really had a longing in my soul to sing and worship with my brothers and sisters. Yeah. And uh, so praise God for the pandemic. Yep. If that's one good thing that came out of it. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. What else? Lesson number three. Lesson number three. Lesson number three is when I look at the people who have grown the most in the last 10 years, there are three factors that are non-negotiable and that all of them have in common. And what's that? They're people who learned how to read the word. They're people who um, had relationships and the spirit was moving. So like the word, the spirit and relationships, those were the things. It's like, you know, we tend to think like, well, if I just get this thing dialed in or I just get that thing or I just get this curriculum or you should try alpha groups or you should try, you know, exploring Christianity or it's like at the end of the day, it's the word of God, the spirit of God and relationships. And Wawa gift cards. And sure, sure, David. <laughs> no, it's true. I, that was an early thing that God put on your and Gina's heart that you wanted everyone to be able to read the Bible on their own. Mm-hmm. And now 10 years later, we're seeing fruit of that, that we have people who are really hungry. There's like 18 people signed up to do this study of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. You know, and it's like people are hungry to to learn and to read their Bible and the self-feed. You know, the hermeneutics class had like 20 people in it. I think more than that. That's like a, yeah, that's cool. But it was no, there's no fancy, nothing fancy dancy here at Revolve. And that's why I love it. No, it's just a bunch of corrugated metal. Just, and the word of God. That's it. You know? And then the fourth lesson is this. Um, this was something that I feel like we learned when we read Spirit Walk five years ago for the first time or three years ago, whatever it was, um, that join God where he's working. Don't ask, what is God's will for my life? Ask, where is God working? And join him. Yeah. 
And so it's like, or experiencing God book by Blackaby. It's like, you just got to ride the way. Where's God working and join him in. So like an example of that is, you know, we might want God to work in X capacity, but we should be saying, as I look at Revolve, where are we bearing the most fruit? That's where God's working. And we should push into that. Yeah. And so like, we know that we bear fruit with our trainings. And so we're trying to push more into trainings. Which is funny because now 10 years later, loop around, you had a heart for the Muslim world mm-hmm. and was like, I'm going to move to where the Muslims are. Mm-hmm. And now you may be having greater impact with the trainings you're having here totally. within these near culture people. I believe that without a doubt. So it's like God put this passion on your heart, but it's taken him 10 years to put everything in the place to be like, within the irony of all that is that the impact we're having is in a way is in a manner in which um, I don't get any credit, which, you're is the, the, which is the other thing we prayed. You're the Barnabas, not the Paul. Not even Barnabas. I'm like Barnabas, Barnabas, little brother, George, Georgie, Georgia, Papa Georgia. Is Barnabas Luke's cousin or uncle? I, I don't know. What does this look like? Bible trivia? I don't know. I just, I, I, I read that recently. Is Barnabas... Related to Luke. Let's look it up. No. He is an apostolic delegate and a leading figure in the Jerusalem church. We already know him as a Levite from Cyprus who lived in Jerusalem, David. All right. He was a good man, though, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. So that's a good lesson for all of us. I think we need to lean into prayer. Yeah. We need to have an appreciation for the body of Christ. Not just prayer, God-honoring prayer. God-honoring prayer. Yeah, not just pray. Like, make me a famous person. Yeah, Lord, just let me get that sweet, sweet... Biceps. Biceps. Curls for the girls. Where's God working? How can I join him? Yep. Yep. All right. So, what are some highlights? So, that that's kind of looking up. That's what some, some blessings, things we're thankful for. Let's look in. Should we take a 10-second break? Sure. Let's take a 10 second break. That's my job. My job is the jingles. All right. Welcome back. And we are in our second segment of our Revolve 10 year recap. Second series (laughs) closing. What are we calling it? Second series. Chapter two. Episode two. two. Yes. Episode two. This time it's personal. (laughs) So let's look in. We talked about what God has done. What's going on? Looking in. What are some things that have happened within the body of Christ? Highlights from the last 10 years. Yeah. What do you got? Hot tub baptisms. Hot tub baptisms. Man, I I loved it when we did the the baptisms in the hot tub. Remember that? The inflatable hot tub? How could I forget? I actually bought it from the church and it's in my living room right now. (laughs) That is not true. That was Roy. Roy Nagel did that. He bought it. Um, Really? he did the first one when we first did it, we bought it. And, um, I was like this thing. I was like, if anybody wants this, let me know. And Roy was like, I'll buy it for you. What'd you, what'd you pay? And he just brought it home. Cause it was like, rather than I didn't want to like have a sit in storage for like a year. And so get all for crazy. those of you who weren't around during the hot tub baptism days, Bill bought off of Amazon an inflatable hot tub. The first baptisms were done in a horse trough. Yeah. But then we tried to baptize Griffin and he almost didn't fit because he was too tall. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of water displacement. Just, mm-hmm. just big a big mess. Big mess. 
So we got so a that, hot tub. So that actually became a planter at Bill's house. It's yeah, now it's your still garden. There. You can still see it. Yep. You come to my house. You can see it. Right now I have Vinca's in it. Yeah. I Vinca. I'll come over later and check it out. That's fine. So then we got an inflatable hot tub. Mm-hmm. What was it like? Six by six? Yeah, something like that. And we were doing baptisms there. So that's that was the highlight of a 10 lot of years. people. If you were baptized in the hot tub, put a shout out in the comments. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so those, those, and uh, speaking of baptisms, there was one morning when we, it was like the spirit just fell on people. We had like five spontaneous baptisms. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And I do. everybody was crying. And that, that was, was awesome. Crying. That was really powerful. Those were two special memories for me. What about you? You got one? Two? One or two? Well, I was just, man, I was just thinking about that day. I remember uh, Sarah Ryan's uh, Burgos. Yeah, Sarah. Yep. I remember her being baptized and her testimony of just one of the things she said was seeing a change in Ryan's life made her want to seek Jesus. And um, that Mm -hmm. always just stood out to me that the word and the spirit working in your life that like that's a testimony yeah you know we we're we're supposed to be making disciples and sharing our faith but we should actually look different than the world yeah and that is a big part of our testimony is just looking different than yeah, the that's right and it's a process it doesn't happen all at once yeah i think um one of the things that is a highlight for me was the Christmas party at the Millman Center. Yep. And Surf Staff Appreciation Party. Surf Staff Appreciation Party. It was almost like a revolved Christmas party because we used to, uh, pre pandemic, mm-hmm. we would have a Christmas party for all the surf staff. This goes back to what you and Gina wanted to honor. Yep. The, the, um, the staff or the um, volunteers. Yes. And we would get a catered thing and rent the hall, the Millman Center. And it was almost, I mean, it was like 90% of the church was there. Yeah, because we had like 100 volunteers. And I just remember thinking, this is beautiful that a majority of the church is volunteering and that we have to, you know, honor this many people. And then we'd play that. What were those games we'd play? The competition games? I don't know. I hate group games and you love group games no i don't like playing that i do kind of like games i do do you love games yesterday at the no yesterday whenever whenever it was when we had our thing you had an onion eating contest oh and brit cameron killed it she and max was so mad he thought he max came up and he was like nobody eats more onions than me and brit was like watch out you know what if i remember i need to make a note I might I might add that video into the end of this. It's oh, like a yeah. bonus thing at the end. We actually like videoed after the it. credits. Yeah, after the thing at the end. But yeah, we'll I think we'll also that, announce our new Marvel character. That's a <laughs> that's a <laughs> highlight of of uh, of Revolve for me. It's just the amount of people who serve and the fact that you know um, you you only volunteer once a month or once every six weeks because there's that many people involved. Yeah. Yeah. Am I boring you, Billy? I'm sorry. Another uh, highlight for me is um, how much I've enjoyed the book clubs last year and a half. Yeah. 
You've enjoyed them too, right? I have enjoyed them. My favorite part of the book clubs are because we're decentralized, because we focus so much on discipleship groups, the book clubs are an opportunity of some cross-generational fellowship and getting to know people that maybe, you know, I the people that are in my circle are all people of the same age. My kids are the same age, you know, mm-hmm. our kids play together. So I don't spend a lot of time hanging out with, you know, Kashi and Doug, you know. Shout out. Shout out to Kashi and Doug. They listen? Sure. Who Doug, doesn't? Doug, if you listen, comment below. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just like people that I normally wouldn't hang out with because we don't have kids that are the same age. Mm-hmm. It gives us the opportunity to see the beauty of the body of Christ. I concur. That's all you got? I like it, David. It was good. I think it's a good point. Yeah. What? Well, let's take a 10 second break. We're going to move. We're going to move along. We were running out of time here. I've been here for seven hours. These are going really long. That's good, though. I remember three weeks ago, we were like, we're going to make these real Turn short. Turn these down. 10 seconds. 10 well, today, minutes. Then we got like two hours. Right, we, don't have, we don't have time for a 10 second break. Take it a five second break. Ready, set, break. Welcome back. This is Bill Lackey with my co-host, David McCumber. And we're talking about highlights, mission highlights over the last 10 years. It's been a decade. It's been diet años. You know, we've told a lot of stories just because you and I do a lot of traveling overseas, but uh-huh. but we're going to just, we're going to yeah kind of highlight some different um, highlights. Highlight the highlights. We're going to highlight the highlights. Tell us about our first trip to Southeast Asia. You and Scotty were... Oh, man, I could talk about this for a whole podcast episode. You guys were up on the bow of the boat. I wasn't allowed because of weight distribution. They had to stick me back by the by the engine. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was actually... Well, you had to, like, climb outside the boat on the railing to get to the bow. Like, it was... Oh, and you and Scotty, you're just so much more athletic and agile than me. I had to sit, like, in the back with the the potatoes. <laughs> First of all, there was no potatoes. Second of all, yes, Scotty and I were on the bow of this boat cruising along through shark-infested waters. Yep. Eel-infested waters like Princess Bride. Never saw it. Shrieking eels. And um, Kevin leans around the corner and he goes, this island has never ever met a Christian before. If you didn't understand what Billy just said, is he said, no one on this island has never has ever met a Christian before, and and I was like, so we're like the first first Christians to ever meet, and he was like, yeah, first white people, and first white people, and um, Scotty just started to cry. I mean, think of that. You are going. I want you to think about this. You are going. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and picture if you are driving. Us. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. But otherwise, I want you to just imagine us just. Just walking in slow motion like Armageddon when they're walking out to the rocket. Yeah. There's Bill. And what do they say in that scene? Talk about the wrong stuff. I mean, seriously. That's this what it was is, like. This is an island who's never heard the name of Jesus. Maybe it's heard of Isa Almasi. So we're sending our best people. Yeah. And you are the one that is delivering the hope of the world. Oh my gosh, no and Scotty, pressure. And Scotty started crying. Scotty started crying, then I started crying, and then Kevin was like, you guys are babies. Yeah, were you but, embracing? When my dad, 
when my dad was growing up here. He'd cut off heads if you cried. It's true. It's a rough. It's a rough time. I love back, Kevin. Back in the sixties. So yeah. So that was a highlight. Oh, that was a highlight. I remember potlucks and prayer. Potluck and prayer. That was Gina's brainchild. Remember the old days, potlucks and prayer. That's good. Yeah, we would like pray for Czech Republic, and everybody would have to bring a Czech food. Yeah. You know who always killed it at that? Bruce and Vicky Clark. Really? They every single time would be like, "You have to make a Slovakian dish," and Bruce would come with this meal that was like amazing. Really? Yeah. I always liked the Asian ones because I could just like stop at Momiji, pick yeah. up something. I always liked the things that made people really uncomfortable. It's like, we're talking about Germany tonight. Here's some hot dogs. No, it was stuff like, we're going to talk about Eritrea and everybody needs to eat with their food hands and sit on the ground. Yeah. So I feel like the potlucks and prayers hit all three of the triangles. You would connect with God through prayer. Mm-hmm. You connect to God's family through fellowship and eating one another. Yep. And then you would be talking and praying about missions. missions. Yeah, that's true. We should bring them back. Let's bring them back in the winter. Let's bring back potluck and prayer. Gina, could be like a winner thing. Gina would love that. She would love that. And right now, just, you know what? Right now, Gina's listening to the podcast and going, oh, that's true. It's a good Gina impression. Podcast and prayer. I love podcasts and prayer. That's she does. She was her brainchild. Oh, good. Other highlights for me would be just how many Revolve families have fostered and or adopted over the last 10 years. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. A lot. I bet. I mean, when you include the families that have come, the families who have gone, um, I mean, it's well over a dozen kids. Yeah. Fostered and adopted. That's really cool. awesome. That is cool. That is cool. I don't want to talk too much about it because that's what I was kind of a part of that. I don't want to toot my own horn. Well, but, why don't you uh, talk about how, what, how does it make you feel when you see other families walking in those footsteps? It's cool. It's cool because, you know, we did it for 13 years, Melissa and I. And uh, we fostered, I think it was like nine children. We adopted two through foster care. And I feel like that season is done for us. But now getting to be able to support other families that are going through that. And um, I feel like, I'm trying to say this humbly. It's like a humble brag. But I feel like we did it well enough that we were encouraging to people to be like, we could do that as well. Yeah. And it was really, it's by the grace of God because I mean, Melissa's amazing, but I'm also amazing. I'm kind of an idiot. Yeah. You know, but, I agree with but, that God, assessment. but God gave us patience and strength, supernatural strength to, to deal with those things. And I think because we suffered well mm-hmm. and, it was encouraging to others to do that. So yeah, that's awesome. That was very cool. It's been a real bright, uh, bright star yeah. the last 10 years. And then of course, being in Moria, a different kind of star, but being in Moria will always, I mean, I got so many things being in Iraq. Yeah. When I landed in Iraq, that was nuts. I was like, what on earth am I doing here? But yeah, being in Moria was just something about being in Moria, which was like... So Moria was the refugee camp yeah, in Greece you. that um, probably 10 or a dozen of people in um, in Revolve had gotten to yeah. work, work in. And when I lived in Spain, we had this phrase called estaba en tu salsa. And it's like, in your sauce. Yeah. I don't know. If, is that what, the, what do we say in America? 
like in your element. That's probably like you're in your element. Like pigs in mud. Like pigs in mud. And um, I feel like, man, when I was in Moria, I was like, yeah, it was like a pig in mud. Moria was cool because, yeah, because it gave us that opportunity to serve both um, felt needs and spiritual needs mm-hmm. because we were having With so Muslims. many gospel share opportunities. Um, Tell us a story. Tell us one story. Well, I rem- so we were, man, ah, I'm going to get emotional, Billy. Come on. That's why they call you emotional, David. <laughs> um, the, um, oh my goodness. So, being in Moria, yeah, was was very uh, emotional, and it was just some of the things that we saw, that um, just seeing people's life experiences. But um, we, there was a community center right down the right down the road where we would um, volunteer and help, and um, it would, they would do tea time, and we would really be able to have awesome conversations. And I just remember this one kid, maybe fourteen or fifteen, following me around all night and really kind of didn't understand why. And eventually his friend kind of slid him over a phone on the sly and he typed on the phone in Google translate. How do I become friends with the Christ? Hmm. And this kid was so afraid to ask that question because of the persecution that would happen to him in the camp. If he became a believer, a follower of Christ. And, um, that boy, um, through, you know, connecting him with Hadi and, and sharing the gospel with him. And he eventually, you know, became a follower of Christ and became a disciple of, of Hadi. And, um, you know, Hadi kept in contact with him and I would send me pictures and stuff, but Mm. just the amount of conversations that were similar to that, um, in the short amount of time we were there was just incredible. So to have a place like Moria that just had so much suffering, but then at the same time, so much spiritual hunger Mm -hmm. was just, it was a great place to serve because, yeah, you were helping people on, on a practical, physical level by giving them a tent, giving them water, giving them food, as Jesus, you know, instructs us to do. Yeah. But then at the same time, having these gospel conversations with people who have never heard the gospel. Yeah. That's and we're great. told told their whole life that Christians hate them. Yep. Yeah. And they'll be like, you know what? We don't hate you. We're going to serve you. And we have a message that's going to change your life. That's yeah. awesome. I think I will share one thing just for those of you who are like, well, I didn't get to go to any of those places domestically. Um, when we went in New York City and I went up there with Elena and Hannah and Mike and Matt and Ryan and Nick and um, I remember how much Elena liked it. And I remember coming home and saying to Gina, bet you 50 bucks the Vans's move to New York City. Did you ever pay her that 50 bucks? And she owes me 50 bucks technically. I said, I bet you. Oh, did she ever pay up? No, because they moved I'm there. I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up. Vance pants is in. They know they call them New York City pants. New York City pants. Yeah. All right. Well, we let's, are. Let's land this plane. We are gonna land this plane. What's next? We've been talking for two hours about oh what's been gosh. happening in the last, next ten years. Let's do up in and out. We'll okay. do that. Okay. 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 Looking up. Up. Uh, so it's like spiritual stuff. Spiritual stuff. Um, David and I are working on launching a website in the next three months is our hope called Discovering Discipleship, right? 
and it's basically going to have a bunch of the resources we've written over the years, um, videos, training videos, also ways for pastors, leaders to get coached so that we can begin spreading the love and trying to equip other churches to make disciples as well. Yeah. That was really, that was something you shared on Sunday was, um, connecting with other local churches, really trying to build a community Uh of local churches as well. That's right. And you're starting a hub training with the Uh, church that I'm supposed to be doing a training with a couple pastors slash leaders this summer. We'll see if it happens. Very cool. Uh, also up, but also kind of in, we have, you know, a real focus right now on our next generation. Yes, sir. We're, we're starting a tween, um, class on Sunday mornings. Yep. It's actually start, started by the time this comes out. Yeah. We have our, our book club. Yep. Family book club in full effect. I really, I just feel like in the last six months, because of our situation of being at two mile, we're, we're learning that our kids are, are really, um, I want to say under, under connected, but we Oops, just want to, yeah, you could say they're, they've, they've kind of gotten the short end of the stick. Yes. And, and we are putting heavy focus into our next generation, specifically kind of our tween age. Yes, sir. So that's kind of another thing on the horizon. Yeah. Um, what about in, and we're hoping that lower Cape May regional works out. Yeah. Um, they gave us approval, but we're still waiting to see how much it's going to cost. But I think that would be a major answer to prayer because we would have uh, ample room for service and we'd have space for kids. Yeah. So I think that'd be a great mobile solution. Those, those chairs are really comfortable. I know you guys can't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep on me. Yeah. I'll get loud. I know you're going to give you, you're going to be preaching on that stage. It's got that big stage. Hallelujah. You're going to feel like you're in a Ted talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll start. I'll be like all like, I'll just start wearing black t-shirt every week. Yeah. Like Steve jobs. Yep. Real simple PowerPoint. All right. And I think, you know what else in what potluck some prayer. Let's do it. We're bringing them back, bringing them back. All right. And then looking out, what about missionally? What's going on missionally? Well, my hope is to take these guys who I'm training from the Arabic, Persian and Urdu speaking worlds and help them become catalytic coaches so that they can begin training people in their own languages in these areas. And then we would come alongside these trainers. And so it would be like we would, they would begin leading disciple making trainings among believers in their context to mobilize the existing church. We call that in the biz next generation, right? We're starting always the next generation. Next generation. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we hope that you have enjoyed that recap of of the the last 10 years. Decade. We look forward to many more decades. I kind of hope Jesus comes back. Oh man, that would be awesome. Three years. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. (laughs) That would be great though. What do you think gas prices will be then? Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I'm assuming we'll just be in our flying cars. Right. All right. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We will talk to you all next week. This is David McCumber and my friend Bill Lackey. See you later.